0: Welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things substrates, polka dots, and Web3. Today, we have Sean Tabrizi and Joshi Orndorf on Relay Chain, and we're going to talk about getting started on Substrate. So, can you guys introduce yourself? Uh, Joshi first. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Joshi. I've been
1: at Parity since May, so that's about six months now. And I'm a member of the developer experience team. Um, so, I try to help people get started on Substrate and learn what Substrate's all about and how it works and help them build their application on top.
2: Yeah, my name is Sean Tabrizi. I've been on with Parity for about a year now, um, and I do the same thing. I'm on the developer experience team, uh, working you know all the time trying to hack on new things on Substrate and share that information with everyone else.
0: Cool, so why don't we start with like an overview of what is Substrate, and we'll try to keep it reasonably short, because we could probably do a whole episode on it. Um, so yeah, what is Substrate?
1: Yeah, so Substrate is a framework written in Rust and it's designed to be modular and extensible, and it is for building blockchains. So the idea is if you want to build a blockchain and you don't want to build every single piece from the ground up, which most people don't, because that takes a lot of expertise and a lot of time, then you can use Substrate and you can take all of the common parts from our standard implementations And the only thing that you have to code is the part that's unique to your blockchain. So whatever makes yours special and unique, that's the code you write, and the rest is provided by Substrate.
2: Yeah, and I think the um, biggest opinion that Substrate takes is that the most common developer wants to develop the runtime, which is what we call the state transition function of a blockchain. So basically, the core difference between many blockchain systems is not necessarily consensus or the networking layer, but really just the logic that will allow a block to execute and move forward. So. We really make the runtime development process of substrate as easy as possible.
0: All right, so let's start with by talking about substrate collaborative learning and that's an effort that you started, Joshi. It's about to re- be renamed. Uh, so how did you get started doing that?
1: Yeah, that's right. So in a past life, I was a teacher, a high school teacher in particular. And I found that students often learn best when they're learning in groups and collaborating with one another. And maybe I've given them a problem and some basics, but it's not just an exercise where they know everything. Instead, they have to figure things out on their own and put the pieces together. And that's really a good way to to scaffold learning and make it fun and make it last longer. So now that I'm in the blockchain space... Especially as a new person at Parity, I started this maybe only a month after I joined. I also had a lot of learning to do, and I decided that it would be best for me and also best for the community to have a collaborative learning group that can uh, share ideas in the same way. So I've been doing it for a little while. I've learned a lot along the way in terms of format and um, making it open and accessible to the public. And so we're about to rebrand it as Substrate Seminar which is a much better name, a lot less of a mouthful. And it's basically a weekly open invitation, collaborative learning online video call. So anyone can come, they can ask questions, they can show code that they've written, either to show it off and help other people learn or to show something that they're stuck on and solicit advice, or even just to show a work in process to inspire other people and get some feedback on what they've built and show some things that they've learned along the way. And so the, the format is that come as you are, it doesn't necessarily require a lot of prep. If you're, um, you know, a little more reserved and you just want to observe, that's fine. But if you want to ask questions, answer questions, show off a project that's request
0: a topic, that's even better. And we'd love it for you to do that too. Or right, How many meetings have you done? And like, what have been some of like the highlights as far as topics go?
1: Yeah, we've done, so it used to be uh, every other week. And so I think we've done maybe between like 10 and 15. Most of them are recorded and available on YouTube, although occasionally I forgot to do that. and some of, the, some of the really interesting topics, we've covered a really wide variety of topics. So like Sean said, one of the easiest and most approachable ways to develop on Substrate is by writing your own runtime, by writing your, own blockchain, your blockchain's own state transition function. So we've done a lot with that. We've talked about how to write a runtime module. We've written some together. We've looked at some that come with Substrate in what we call the Substrate Runtime Module Library. And so a, a runtime module is basically just a piece of logic that t- gives your blockchain some feature, like a cryptocurrency or a vote democracy or governance or, or something like that. We've also worked with how to query and interact with a blockchain from outside of the chain. So, for example, you can imagine needing a wallet or a user interface to interact with the blockchain without writing code. And so there's a, a library that makes that easy in Substrate. It's called the, the polka.js API. So we've done basic examples with that to see how it works sort of at its core. And then we've also done higher level stuff, like making really nice um, interfaces that run in a web browser so you can interact with your blockchain. How long are these meetings usually? So in the past, we had it scheduled to be one hour each. And a lot of times they would go over, you know, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes 20 or 30 minutes. And so the plan moving forward is to do an hour and a half every Monday. And that should give us enough time to welcome everybody, do introductions for new people who just want to introduce themselves to the community, figure out what topic we're going to talk to, and then really dive into the topic. And diving in looks different depending on, on what we're doing. Sometimes it's someone giving a demonstration of what they wrote and then following up with a bunch of questions, or sometimes getting derailed in the middle with questions, which is also great. I love it when that happens. Or sometimes uh, diving in is more like me presenting almost a mini lesson, or sometimes it's even somebody else presenting a mini lesson. A lot of times we'll have a Substrate Core developer come to the seminar and present either something that they've worked on or something that they know about so that everybody can just have a really inside view straight from the brain of the person who wrote the code about how a particular aspect of Substrate works.
0: Yeah, what would you say are like some of the coolest things you've learned by doing it?
1: Well, one really cool one is this concept that Substrate comes with. That's actually in the blockchain space fairly unique to Substrate. It's called off-chain workers. And before this particular episode of the, the learning group, I really didn't know much about it. I had read about it, and I definitely understood what off-chain workers are supposed to do, allow validators or other nodes to run logic that's a little too computationally expensive or takes too much time to run in the blockchain. But that was really all I knew about it. And I didn't know how to do it or like where to dive into the code. And so on this particular episode, we had one of the core developers, Ben, come on. And he started by just showing a, a demo of a project he had built that... Um, allows the off-chain worker to submit another transaction back to the blockchain. And it's a, it's a pretty basic example, which is really nice uh, because it's, it's approachable. So he showed his example. He ran it let everybody kind of wrap their heads around what it did at the high level and then he took us on a code tour first of his code and then of the code that's in substrate core that facilitates off-chain workers and that that was a particularly good one because everybody was interested in the topic so we had a lot of good questions and it was I think it was nice for Ben too because he didn't have to sort of guess what everybody wanted to know he was right there in a call getting real-time feedback of oh I heard this is that true or I thought maybe I could build
2: this thing does that seem like a good use case and and where might i start yeah one thing i really like about the learning sessions in general is that substrate is a really quickly iterating project it really moves quite fast and uh, there's so many features that come out which in the time to correctly document it have a bunch of these examples etc it takes forever But if you're part of this um, session, you can actually get access to the latest features kind of right as they come out the gate. I mean, we're very interested to test out all these new features, understand what are the things that are complicated, does it work for everyone's scenario, et cetera. And these kinds of kind of open conversations allow and facilitate for that. Um, And so, you know, even someone like Ben, you know, is probably working on example or some, maybe something that we would put into our documentation, but first wants to test it out on users and get that feedback. What are the questions that were unanswered from his example? And so this is a great place to collect that information and ultimately make a better experience for everyone else in the future.
1: Yeah, so a lot of times when you come to the Substrate Seminar, you're sitting there learning something from a core dev, and that's the same time that me or someone like Sean or anyone else in our group is is learning those concepts. So instead of having to wait around for us to, first of all, learn the concept, then come up with a good demo, and then write the docs, you actually get to see it right out of the gate just exactly like we do, and maybe even contribute some of your own ideas about how it can be best explained and And It's nice, too, because instead of just reading a doc that we wrote, we always do our best to make them general and address all the use cases, but I'm sure everybody's had the experience of reading a doc and saying, okay, I get that, but I still have a question, and then if you're in the seminar, you actually get to ask that question right away and get an answer and get feedback a lot faster.
2: Yeah, I would say the one superpower of the developer experience engineers is that uh, we have a, I, th- I would say hopefully a strong high level understanding of Substrate, but we don't necessarily know all the deep intricacies that core devs know. So what's nice is, you know, um, when we're on these calls and learning, we might have educated guesses as where things might be, but bringing a core dev onto the call really cements down like exactly what's going on and allows us to ideally translate that maybe to the higher level c- concepts that other people can understand.
0: I think that's even like lumping all the core devs together is a stretch because I know like I thought for a long time, like probably six to nine months, I'm just trying to catch up to understand substrates like everybody else, but actually nobody understands substrate. Ben understands like the core stuff for like off-chain workers, but like there is no person in parity who understands Substrate That's not just like an outsider coming to substrate perspective. Like I think a lot of people in parity still haven't wrapped their heads around that yet.
2: Yeah, and I think that just echoes the fact that, you know, building blockchains is really hard. It's a uh, you it require so many different technologies to make a blockchain work. And all these technologies could require in itself, a entire team of expert computer scientists building just that aspect. So like networking, consensus, database, like all of these things are critical parts of this one system, but really each individually are just completely its own problem set. And this again, I think, kind of echoes why Substrate is such a cool platform. Like you as a person looking to build a new product or a new business probably don't have the funds or the capability to hire a bunch of people to do all these things. And you don't have to. And Substrate um, really compartmentalizes, modulizes everything and allows you to touch the part which you really want to innovate on.
0: Yeah. So for Substrate seminar, what's the vision going forward?
2: Yeah. The vision
1: is similar to what it's always been. We want to make people who want to build on substrate, or maybe people don't even know they want to build on substrate. They just have heard of substrate and think maybe that's the right tool for me. We want them to feel comfortable and confident approaching substrate and learn the things that they need to learn. I think it's really helpful to interact in a casual environment like the seminar where you see people sometimes face to face because it's, it's an online video call And even if you don't feel comfortable showing your face, you still listen with the audio. And it seems a lot more approachable and a lot more humanizing than just participating in the text-based technical chat, because in the text format, it might seem like really intelligent questions and really high-level answers, but it takes time to get there. And so in the the real-time call, anyone can come and say here's who I am, here's what I know so far, and here's my question, and there's no necessary like prerequisite level of expertise. That also doesn't mean it's like beginners only. Every level of expertise is welcome, and even people who know a ton, like you were saying, Joe, not everybody knows or nobody knows every single aspect of Substrate. So even people who have like a really deep knowledge of some particular area can come and learn about another piece of the, the stack that they didn't know. So I think the vision is making Substrate approachable and giving people a jumping off point and a point to get immediate feedback. And uh, sort of, I guess, as a secondary goal is it's just a nice social setting where you can come and put a face to Substrate and keep having fun developing even on those days when you're tired of debugging.
0: And show off what you're building.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you have a project that's, maybe it's just getting started or maybe it's already to pass proof of concept, It's a great way to attract an audience of people who can give you feedback, or people who are ready and excited to say, "Oh, that's cool," or "That gives me an idea," or "Did you consider blank?"
0: Yeah, and that probably gets lost a lot in like help channels, like substrate technical, because it's all you see is problems and those getting solved, and then like this could be a forum where people could actually show off like. Hey, I actually made this thing work.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's really, it's really rewarding. I so, you know, even though I'm sort of like the organizer and the one who puts it together, I'm also just another regular old participant. And so it's really rewarding to have spent some time building something. And I think we all know that no matter what you're programming, there's always those moments of, oh, does this design even make sense? Or am I ever going to get this to compile? So when you've won battles like that, it's really nice to come and show it off to people who will appreciate it and who will learn from it and who will say, oh, thanks for showing that. I learned something, or I think it's cool. Yeah, and one guy
2: got a job out of it. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, to put a little story to that, there was a person that we've hired. um, He had built a poker module, which basically allowed you to play poker on a substrate chain. Um, poker may not sound super interesting, but it's actually quite interesting in terms of the blockchain world because everything happens publicly on the blockchain. So you have to do this fancy encryption, um, decryption mechanism, which includes shuffling and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, rather than interview him, I already knew he was going to be on the Substrate session. So I basically said, hey, I was going to go to the session, ask him some questions there, hear what he has to build. And I mean, what I saw there was impressive enough to say, yeah, I mean, we're going to move him forward. Yeah. So go to
0: Substrate Seminar and get a job. Uh, <laughs> or just show off or ask questions, whatever you want. Or make friends. Or make friends. So if we move on from Substrate Seminar a little bit and talk about
2: like, other avenues into Substrate, what are the options? I think Joshi kind of alluded to this. So, you know, in the Substrate Seminars, we actually go over a wide range of topics. And that's because I think Substrate, yes, it is a blockchain building framework, but really Substrate is an ecosystem. It is a, once you've finished building your blockchain, you now just started playing the game. The game is building a community of people to use your blockchain. This includes front-end libraries, hardware wallets, light clients, even smart contracts and languages, all this stuff. And I think people take for granted that really when you build on Substrate, you get access to all these tools right out of the box, that these uh, tools have been written such that with the knowledge in mind that people are going to modify Substrate, and therefore these tools are also flexible to adapt and work on any Substrate chain. We already talked about blockchain being itself a wide range of technologies. This is an even wider one, right? So, you know, as a person trying to enter the space in the ecosystem, you might be confused at where to get started, how to actually get started. And so we have this thing called the Substrate Developer Hub. You can get that substrate.dev. And this is ideally the welcome mat to our ecosystem, like the entry point where you can find as quickly as possible up-to-date content on how you can build whatever you want to build in the Substrate ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and there's like a few paths down there. Like there's a, I think, like a who are you Link. And so, like, we have a few paths if you're like a developer, solutions architect, some other potential users. Like, what are the entry points you see for most people?
2: Yeah. Uh, we've been experimenting with, um, yeah, this like, who are you page where basically we kind of ask, okay, maybe you're a runtime engineer, maybe you're a front end developer, maybe you're a smart contracts developer or an architect. And if you click one of these links, it'll take you to about five to six bullet points of things that you should do in this order to kind of get on an even playing ground in the space. I think the most common thing that people are interested in, at least right now, are smart contracts and runtime modules. Um, in general, you know, they're just trying to find a way to take their logic and put it on the blockchain. Um, a lot of people are familiar with smart contracts, having come from the Ethereum world and some of the other blockchain projects. But I think that you know, the thing that is kind of more ready to develop on today in the Substrate world is the runtime development. And so a lot of people are thinking their um, smart contract ideas and trying to see how they can apply into the runtime world. And to become a good runtime engineer, you kind of have to keep some of the knowledge you had from before, but also so uh, learn new knowledge about the substrate space and what it means to really be a blockchain engineer versus a smart contract engineer.
0: Yeah, so if we like kind of hover on this point, if you yeah. come from like Ethereum or Solidity, what are like the main differences to keep in mind?
1: If you come from being an Ethereum developer, if you're someone who's built a Dapp or decentralized app on Ethereum, the way you've done that is by writing a smart contract probably in Solidity or maybe some other language like Viper. And smart contracts are great, and uh, Substrate has a module that supports smart contracts too. But it's not the only way to get your logic on a blockchain. What well, I think the the point Sean was making is that smart contracts are used for when anyone can deploy code. If you want users to be able to deploy arbitrary logic to your blockchain, smart contracts are great for for that, and that's why we support them. But a lot of blockchains not every blockchain wants to be the next Ethereum or the, the you know, latest and greatest iteration of Ethereum. Some blockchains want to have a specific purpose. So like Bitcoin is a perfect example. Bitcoin is just a currency. It doesn't strive to have crypto kitties. It doesn't strive to have democracy on chain or any of that stuff. It has one specific use. And because it has that really narrow focus, it can do that one thing really well. It can be a cryptocurrency better than Ethereum's ERC20 tokens with less storage and, and less compute. And so if you're building a specific dApp and not trying to support arbitrary logic, a lot of times you want to just write your, that's what,
2: what we call a runtime developer. To add to that, you know, uh, really this, yeah, the smart contract platform on any blockchain because it's inherently public There's a lot of overhead to keep the blockchain safe from uh, the smart contracts to be written. So anyone can write something. Um, It could be malicious or not malicious, um, but the blockchain um, needs to be protected always in the worst case scenario. Uh, When you're a runtime engineer, when you're building your own blockchain, you are not an attacker to your system. I mean, you could write a malicious blockchain, but I mean, you're really not serving any purpose uh, other than wasting your own time. So with that in mind, there are some optimizations that can be made to um, increase performance one inherently you get low level access to your blockchain and you have all the primitives, um access to all the primitives. adjust cryptography, adjust the way that you um, your blockchain just runs but that also has some trade offs maybe from like what some of the practices you might have when you 're building smart contracts so um, One example I think that I commonly bring up in the workshops I give is um, this idea about state revision or state reverting. Basically, if you've built a smart contract on Ethereum before, you're very familiar that um, you can write all this logic, you can make all these changes, and if at any point the transaction fails, all of the state that you change will be reverted back to its initial state. This is really important because, again, you don't want to be able to allow users to write contracts which, you know, change state but also causes transactions to fail, right? In the runtime space, at least currently, this is not the case. That If you change your storage and at some point your transaction fails, the changes um, persisted. Um, Now, some people might ask why that's there. My best understanding as of right now is that there's kind of two optimizations being made here. One is that, you know, adding the overhead for, um, you know, caching the state, doing some things and then reverting it if possible, there's a performance cost there. Um, The other thing is that it also increases complexity of the code around the storage layer, right? So if we can eliminate the attack vector where user could write malicious code, then you may not need these things, right? You can just put the, the overhead costs onto the... Programmer as a one-time cost when they write their code, and then every single user who uses your functions, uses your logic, will get the benefits, increased performance from not having this optimization. Now, um, the this asterisk here is I think we are looking. I think there's a PR open right now that's looking into possibly introducing things like this. So I I think, you know, from a perspective of, you know, trying to make this an easy, open um, framework for developers, having some of these safety hooks might be nice for people who deploy or um, blockchains and maybe made a mistake. I mean, people are human, right? But I would imagine that a feature like this is probably configurable. And I would imagine that, you know, you can always choose to turn it off to get those optimizations if needed. And I think that's, again, really exciting part of uh, runtime development. Beyond that you I mean I think you know this is the one kind of asterisk I put in terms of if you're a smart contract developer what you might need to learn differently for building runtimes but it's not a very large list and I think this is also another really exciting point that I mean the smart contract framework where you have you know these events these storage items these logic this this is kind of a true pattern for anything that you put on the blockchain and this is exactly the, what you expect to see when you go to a runtime module you'll have events you'll have storage you'll have logic and as someone who's built smart contracts and i joined Parity as a smart contract developer before and now i work on runtimes it really is a lot of translatable skills and a lot of translatable thinking it's just you have to kind of you know work a little bit differently. And of course, Solidity has some features which Rust may not have and vice versa. So, you know, it's kind of a way there, but really in terms of um, approaching the problems, you, it's really not that much different than building a smart contract.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll get to a point of maturity when you can have an application that does both, a runtime that's, I mean, some application, some logic is better suited to a smart contract. So to have a runtime that will just call certain functions within a contract will make a lot of sense. Like you don't have to pick one for your application.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Joe, you, you were asking earlier about Substrate.dev, which is, as Sean said, our main landing spot for people who want to learn about Substrate. And we, like Sean said, we you know cater to different people, different backgrounds and different intentions to build. We also cater to different learning styles. So some, some people will learn best by reading an overview, what we call a conceptual doc and get a big picture of idea of how features work and how different features work together. Other people want more technical docs and low-level docs that explain step-by-step how things work or take a look at code. And so for that, we have what we call like Rust docs or reference docs, which are written actually right in the code as like inline comments. Or we also have like an in-between ground that we call developer docs. Some people don't even learn best by reading. Some people learn best by just seeing something that works and hacking on it until it works the way they want or until it breaks and then they have a specific question. So for that, we have the substrate recipes and some people like me learn best in a social setting and so f- that's what the seminars for. So really, no matter how you want to learn or what you want to do with substrate, there's an avenue that will suit your style and get you
2: involved in the community. Yeah. And I think we we use all of these tools, um, not separately, but collaboratively. Again, it's not about like, oh, we only have these tutorials and we only have these things that we actually um, reference all of the content among all these different pieces throughout our documentation. And this is really important because learning Substrate and learning these kind of blockchain concepts really does kind of take all forms. Like um, let's say you start with recipes, you see a block of code that does something and a line of code that does something you're not quite sure what it means. You might go from there to the conceptual docs. What is this represent in substrate, and then from there you might go to our developer docs to understand what are all the APIs for this item. And so we know that people naturally need to move around, and um, everyone has their own different starting point. But really, you know, the best way to share this information is not just one format, but a, a combination of formats which all facilitate and help one another.
0: I'm guessing some users are familiar with substrate kitties.
2: Yeah, like, yes. uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually, yeah, it's actually your creation.
1: Substrate kitties is my first runtime that I wrote too. It's a good project.
2: Yeah, so I. I was, um, I, I had collected a lot of information uh, about runtime development in my early time at Parity, and uh, at some point we wanted to host a workshop in Berlin to have people hack on it. And so, of course, you know, I was looking to write a tutorial. I think people all related to, you know, CryptoKitties being the hot Ethereum app. How can we do something like this in Substrate, right? Take this concept that everyone's familiar with and then just have them hack on Substrate. And at a certain point, it just became me dumping all of the knowledge I had into this one tutorial and not just like, you know, having it all be dumped, but like having these steps, which kind of iteratively allow you to learn the different concepts and allow you, it gets more complicated and more complicated. And, you know, I think in the first chapter, you're not writing many lines of code at all. You're kind of just learning a lot. But by the final chapters, we're asking you to write maybe like 30 lines of code as one step. And this is, I think, also an, kind of an expectation of someone who's learning a platform. As you get more comfortable with it, you're able to write, do more and write more. And this is kind of what the tutorial expects from you. Um, it's been really exciting that this tutorial has gotten a lot of traction. I've, it's been used quite a bit. Um, and actually through that, you know, we've had people catch lots of errors, lots and lots of errors. But we fixed them all. I'm pretty sure right now it's like very stable, very working. And we've even had community contributors uh, translate it in different languages. And they've done this for free. And I think this kind of goes to show that if you create good content, you put it out there, people will not only attach to it, but look for ways to contribute back to it.
1: Yeah, and I I know you're working on right now, not just for Substrate Kitties, but Mm -hmm. for all of the developer hub, upgrading some of our tutorials that worked really well with Substrate 1.0 to the new version 2.0, which is going to be released any day. And so we really make an effort to keep our tutorials working with the latest stable version for people who want to get their first start, you know, with something that's known to work and well tested, but also keep them updated with the sort of cutting edge of the master branch so that if you're diving in now, or if you're the kind of person who doesn't mind working in a sort of bleeding edge environment, you still have content that can help you get introduced at that level.
0: Yeah. So kind of on that note of upgrading to like the Next version and all this, we were talking a bit last night about how writing your runtime isn't like a one time thing. It's like the beginning of an infinite amount of work. And like, what kind of work do you guys see as like going in blockchains? Like, once you've written your runtime, like, what do you have to keep doing to keep it going?
2: Yeah, I think in general, the, the number one thing that kind of stands out to me with this question is that you may not even know what you need to do necessarily when you finish building your blockchain. I think one of the important philosophies that Substrate has is that even if you built the perfect blockchain today, tomorrow won't, probably won't be. Like, there'll probably be new needs, other blockchains competing, other ideas that are coming out. And so uh, Substrate from its core has implemented what we call forkless runtime upgrades or the ability to do upgrades within the blockchain logic itself and it can be governed by other on-chain logic like governance. I guess it's a, little bit, it's a little bit hard to explain if you haven't seen it yourself, but imagine having a blockchain with some logic, and then a governance process can allow um, everyone to agree that yes, this blockchain should get upgraded to some new logic. And without anyone having to do anything, a uh, upgrade goes out and everyone's blockchain suddenly starts doing the new thing, adding new features, fixing for errors, um, maybe removing a feature if not needed. And This kind of process allows a substrate chain to evolve and iterate much more quickly than the blockchains we see today. I think you know we've seen I mean, there are blockchains like Bitcoin who they pride themselves in the ability that they don't they don't change. But I think there are you know platforms like Ethereum where they're still doing a lot of research and a lot of cool stuff, but they're kind of struggling to overcome the the off chain governance. This um, kind of political discussion about what we should do, how will it affect the price of the token, etc. And at that point, it becomes pretty hard, I think, to evaluate at any point in time what is it that we actually should do you know is it just twitter people being really loud about something or are the core devs you know at a disagreement about something At a certain point, nothing but like a new piece of software being built and everyone deciding, "Okay, I want to run this software or this software will change the Ethereum blockchain. Nothing can push changes to the users who are, you know, just using it passively. But Substrate changes that entire mechanism that because the upgrade can happen through logic executed on the blockchain, we could designate things like um, we'll have a vote. The vote will end at this date. And if the vote passes, everyone's blockchain will be upgraded. And this really, I think, facilitates, one, uh, a clear uh, message on how upgrades should happen, and two, allows Substrate blockchains to quickly iterate, which means that they are more likely to evolve and adapt to the needs of the world as it changes, too.
1: Yeah, and so, so Sean just described a particular governance process. It's a, it's a nice one. We include it with Substrate. A lot of people like it. And just as a reminder, Substrate's totally extensible and customizable. So if that sounded mostly nice to you, but you just wish that the mechanics of the governance were a little different, if you want like two houses, or if you want, you know, a limited set of voters, whatever you want, if our modules don't do that for you already, you're always welcome to either write your own from scratch or take one of ours and make the modifications that you want and uh, use that in your blockchain. And you might find that at the start, you want to write logic that's specific to your application, and you'll just go with our default governance. And then later, after your sort of core logic is done, maybe you decide you want to change the governance process. Even
2: that can be changed through the same upgrades that Sean was just describing. I think a cool hack project that I, maybe I one day hack on, but if somebody here listening will hack on it before me, that's great. Call um, to action. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine that you can use this um, runtime upgrade feature to, like, I don't know, experiment on runtimes and do like A-B testing or even some kind of like ML thing, right? So one of one of the ML models that I'm, again, I'm not an ML expert, but um, it's like something like where you generate a hundred of the same generation, they all kind of do something. And then there's a fitness function or some kind of, you know, a success function, which evaluates which of them work best. And then from those best ones, they rebreed, generate new generation with different components, all that kind of stuff. Imagine that you could do something like in the runtime where, you know, you, you have multiple runtime upgrade options and there's some success function, maybe it's the price of the cryptocurrency. And um, after a certain amount of time, the other forks of the chain, which I guess in this case, it would actively support, like the idea of there being multiple forks, would die off. And then from this chain, more would spawn. I guess stepping away from the runtime, kind of the logic itself, I was thinking of as a hack project for Substrate is a website that runs itself. So you can imagine that the runtime logic you might program for this Substrate chain is a website. Anyone can propose a change to the website um, the website can generate revenue through ads or through, I guess, people mining it, or I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I guess they would generate revenue through ads. It would be able to pay its server costs using the cryptocurrency um, and encourage users to to make iterations by paying those users a token or a fee for having done that. And you can imagine there's a website that perpetually keeps itself running where there's no web developer in the background or there's no necessarily individual user who's controlling it. It's just whatever allows people or gets people to click on its website the most.
1: Yeah, it's like I was thinking of like a properly incentivized wiki where you don't have to worry about just random vandalism because all of that stuff is handled yeah. on chain. This really good hack projects and you know whatever listener decides to build those things or if it's you Sean make sure that the the next step is coming on the seminar and
0: showing <laughs> us all how it works. For sure. Just don't have the feature in this chain be to send all the revenue to Google like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so if we talk a bit about like developer experience now to wrap up, like what's it
2: like to develop on Substrate now? Like Where do you get help? What kind of cool projects do you guys see? Today, I think the most active place to talk to the Substrate community, developer community at least, is this Riot channel we have called Substrate Technical. We have about one new user join every day chatting with us talking with us about their problems, getting feedback from other community people, but more importantly, from the core devs themselves. So like, you could be working on a feature or a functionality and get help from the person who wrote the code that you might be struggling to work with. Um, One really exciting thing about the Subject Technical Channel is that, you know, people like Gav himself are actually on this channel and actively participating. Gav is the most frequent poster on this channel. And so, you know, if you want an opportunity to talk to Gav about, you know, consensus ideas, even the problems you might have found with the polka dot white paper, or problems you might find with the, you know, our opinions our choices in Substrate, it really is an open platform discussion. And I know for a fact that things have changed as a result of those discussions. And people just may be calling out bugs or calling out you know, issues that they have found that we maybe haven't considered. And I think we're all human. I think we all um, understand that uh, there's room for improvement in all places. And the technical channel is a really open space for you to ask for help and provide help back to us.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, it's so early in the space. I mean, you can't, if you have a problem with Windows, you can't just go on like a chat
2: channel and talk to Bill Gates. (laughs) Exactly. And in this case, you really can talk to uh, every single person touching all of the different pieces of Substrate. It's really quite exciting. The other place I would say that if you want to get help is um, our Stack Overflow. So um, if you go to stackoverflow.com, we have some tags, like Substrate, and you can go there and ask questions. And we actually have uh, bots that ping us whenever a new person asks a question. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we answer all the questions within a day. If we don't know the answer, it becomes a topic of the Substrate seminar, um, or it becomes something that we will personally look into ourselves, and then we're gonna find those answers. Um, there's a lot of great questions in there, and we're looking to build that community on the Stack Overflow.
0: Yeah, and like Substrate's young enough that I know we've made technical changes based on feedback or questions. And I know like, I've had questions that I'm like, oh, this is a dumb question. I'm afraid to ask it and then I ask it and then it was actually an oversight by somebody and like something needs to be added. So I think it's like really cool that just to have like a little bit of a voice and say like,
2: oh yeah, this thing exists because I have this question or this idea. There is no dumb questions in Substrate. I think this is a really common pattern across all the things you will experience when you come to the Substrate developer ecosystem. And the truth is there is no dumb question because everything is moving so quickly. Everything is changing. And the technology is actually you know very advanced and again, so spread in what you need to know it's unexpected that anyone will actually know everything we actually have um within parity ourselves a parody dumb questions channel and it's my favorite channel i ask tons of things in it and to be honest every other question i see that's not mine is not dumb at all they are really intense questions because there's a lot of really intense things to learn about but we always have the attitude of you know come in here no matter what background you have no matter what you're trying to build we want to help we want to make it the the best process for you we want to make substrate really the best platform for blockchain innovators Josh, do
1: you want to add anything before we finish up? My big call to action is that I want to see you in Substrate Seminar and I want to learn from you and I want to share things that I've learned with you and welcome you to the community.
0: Yeah, so check out Substrate.dev, Substrate Seminar, and uh, Substrate Technical Channel. Mm -hmm. We'll post some more links in the notes. Do you guys want to make any personal plugs, Twitter handles,
2: GitHub, anything? I guess you can find me at Sean Tabrizi on anything. So GitHub, I'm Sean Tabrizi, Twitter, et cetera. Dot yeah. com? Um, yeah, at dot com, too. Yeah, I,
1: yeah I'm, I'm on GitHub at, at Josh Orndorf. No Y in there. Kind of an old account, but you'll, you'll know me by the icon with the uh, flowy hair. <laughs>
0: All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Joe. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Relay Chain. We'd love to keep in touch. Follow us on Twitter at Relay Chain or email podcast at parity.io. Our team at Parity includes some of the leading peer-to-peer networking developers, consensus algorithm inventors, blockchain innovators, and Rust developers. If you want to learn more about our work or want to work with us, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io/newsletter.